0: Hello and welcome to the mastermind body and spirit show i'm your host matt belair as you know we are facing extreme censorship alongside many other truth seekers out there if you want to support this show please go over to mattbelair.com, sign up for the email list become a member for exclusive and censorship free content by donation or even for free and most importantly consider doing three kind acts wherever you are in the world today. Today's guest is the founder of Wellness Force Media and host of the Wellness Force podcast. He has spent the past 18 years as a trainer, researcher and facilitator, discovering the physical and emotional intelligence for humans to thrive in our modern world. The Wellness Force mission is to help humans heal mental, emotional and physical health through podcasts, programs and a global community that believe in optimizing our potential to live life well. His life is dedicated to supporting humanity, com- coming together as one. Welcome to the show, Josh Trent.
1: Yes. Thanks, Matt. Thanks for having me, Matt. I've been so looking forward to this since uh, 2020, the mirror with the crack in it.
0: Oh, yeah, man. Well, me too. And, uh, you know, we became friends as all this was happening because uh, there was very few people who had a voice in the media that was saying, hey, anybody else notice this crap? You know, and then you and you, I, I commend you because you were in California, which is the worst place for it. You know, what I mean, the most vile opposers and, yes. you know, people with the virtue signaling, they're so virtuous that they just going to, you know, just be ruthless online and just terrible human beings. You know, so, you know, you had it way worse than me. So I commend you for doing that because it takes uh, courage and integrity and truth. And you're just trying to share the information, which is true and factual have a discussion and you could be open to being incorrect. We can still have a a discussion, but so many people stayed quiet and, you know, now we're here. It's been totally insane and I just commend you and your work and it's great to be friends and I'm, uh, I'm super stoked to have you on the show.
1: Yeah, I enjoyed our last rap session where we learned about your NDE, which I didn't realize that until today. I had one too. So I'm stoked to talk about that with you because I feel like humanity itself is approaching an NDE. I feel like us in the collective are about ready to have an NDE or just a DE. We're at a really pivotal time. We're at a pivotal time where we cannot ignore, we can't pacify, we can't just hope that things get better. Like, Dispenza says hope is a beggar. I believe that. I think I think we're in a time for intelligence. I think we can apply uh, intelligent hope to the world, but there's a lot of nuance we can explore with everything that you and I have studied and what we know. And so I'm just stoked that people believe what we believe and also to enroll people in what we believe because it comes from love. It comes from truth uh, and not just subjective truth. I'm talking about the universal truth that guides all things. Like that's what I'm, that's what I'm really tuning into lately.
0: Yeah, I love it, man. And we we're having a little bit of a discussion before just some of the process you've been going through because I feel like no one is escaping the process of life right now. Where wherever <laughs> you are, you're either yeah. ignoring what's going on, hoping for the best. You're 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 trying to figure things out, um, but we're going through a transformation as individuals and also as a collective. And so, you know, you've had some recent powerful experiences and I'd love for you to kind of share what you've been uh, doing to navigate these times and some of the recent insights you've had. And also just before we dive in, uh, maybe you want to share a little bit about your background because um, like I said too, like I've done a lot of coaching and I have this new coaching group, which I've been loving. And I've been saying to people, like, if you want to live your life purpose, if you want to actually do this, Uh, It's a commitment that you can't fake. And that's why I respect you as a peer, because I can see the track record of work. You know, people are giving you crap, you know, from the beginning of this. I was like, look at the guy. He's got what three, as many podcasts as me, all on wellness, all on human performance, all on making the world a better place. Look at what he is doing and what he's done. Why are you trying to throw him under the bus? Because, you know, and what I've seen is like these people who aren't contributing to the world. They just believe what the TV says. And so now they're going to attack anything else. But you, you have done that commitment. You've done the work. You're committed to this path. And that's what it takes. It's not easy. You're creating it on your own. So I uh, respect you for that because it's a challenging route to, to take. You know, if you want to have certainty, get any job, they're going to give you a paycheck. That's certainty. You want to, you want to build yeah. it on your own and make a difference. You have to shape that in your own way. And everybody's going to have a challenge. So you've been doing <laughs> it for a long time, man.
1: Thank you. I was on a call earlier today with like a traditional company. Um, some of the companies that sponsor Wellness Force, they have employees and they have staff, and just the way that we engage with each other mentally, verbally, spiritually, it's so different. Like there are people in companies right now that they're so upset. They're I'm speaking to the person who's watching or listening, and you literally feel every day like, oh my God, I cannot believe. I'm going to go to work again. And I was there. I've been there. Like I, my background is 10 years in health and fitness. I was a fitness professional for 10 years and, um, like 10,000 hours plus with clients. And I got to this point where I was just done. And David data calls it the space between purposes. I was in that space. I left the fitness industry. Um, there was a massive story that even got me into the fitness industry, which is being born to a mom that has bipolar. And my dad left home when I was super, super young. And, um, I didn't know how to deal with my feelings. So I I found a drug called food that a lot of people find. And that drug, um, to no surprise without the right physical tools and, and mental tools, you know, flash forward, I'm 280 pounds. I'm in a job I hate. I'm in a relationship I don't like, and I was ripe for transformation. So um, I'll never forget this, Matt. I was at a party, you know, like beer pong. You ever played beer pong before?
0: Oh yeah. I'm awesome. i think beer pong.
1: <laughs> okay. So, so I was playing beer pong. I was 21 years old and I looked down and I saw my belly at that time and I, I felt my life. It was almost like my soul was just screaming and I couldn't pacify it anymore by drinking or drugs or porn or anything else. And, um, it was the first time really, truly that I'd ever felt a connection to God, like a higher power. And I just had this message wash over me. And the message was like, there's, there's way more to life than this. There's more to life than this. So I like put the cup down. I ran home drunk. (laughs) I ran home drunk for like three miles, got home, pulled open the computer. And I typed in like, how do I be healthy? That led me on an 18 month journey of losing 80 pounds, gaining 40 back, All the while, the undercurrent of my psyche was really being fed by uh, Gabor Mate calls the hungry ghost, the hungry ghost that I wasn't loved, I wasn't cared for, I wasn't supported, which is all a lie. And I got to this point where I was so frustrated with my body and I was so frustrated with my life and the outcome of where I was and what I was doing. I like knew there was more to life than this, that I sold everything I own, man. I moved to Hawaii um, at about 24 years old. And uh, I found personal training out there at a gym, and and I found nature, and I started to have communion with nature, and like really be bathed in the salt water of the ocean, and like feel the feminine energy from Hawaii, and um, just really go into myself. I had spent the majority of my life trying to make other people happy, make my parents happy, make school happy, make the world happy and the whole time just mashing down my own emotions and my own feelings that deserved to be felt, but they didn't know how to be felt. So I found fitness and then in fitness, you know, it's great. Uh, and I know you have a, a health background as well. It's great to shine light on other people, but what I wasn't doing is when I shine light on other people, guess where it stays dark. It stays dark with me. And we see this with yoga practitioners. We see this with fitness professionals, lots of coaches out there. They'll shine tons of light on other people, but the dark parts of their psyche and their shadow, they never get exposed. And so there was a moment where when I left fitness, I had to shine the light within me because I didn't know what else I wanted to do. It was like my soul was evolving me towards wellness. Fitness is the gateway to wellness. And for me, wellness is the integration of physical, emotional, mental, spiritual, literally combining that holistic circle, much like what we see behind you. Circle is wholeness, circle is wellness. Anytime I'm, I'm having a myopic view of life, no matter if it's like fitness is the only thing or food is the only thing or there's a blending of all these things. So that led me to what I do now. I had a dark night of the soul moment. Well, multiple, (laughs) I had multiple dark night of the soul moments. Um, I was on a golf course and I was, uh, I just gotten fired from my corporate job because I wanted that safety that you're talking about. I wanted that perceived safety, which safety is an illusion to live is to die and to live is to be unsafe and that's okay. Um, I didn't know that at the time I'm crying over a golf course. It's like midnight. And, uh, it was another return moment of the hero's journey where I asked God, like, what do you want me to do? And I can remember this. I was like, literally on the the tile floor, looking over La Costa Golf Course in Carlsbad at my friend's place, renting a room. By the way, this is the first six months of my podcast. This is 2015. I'm hosting a podcast on a rickety-ass plastic stand with a crappy little mic in a guest bedroom after I'd put my mom in a mental home, broken up with my ex-girlfriend, and gotten fired from a corporate job. And I just said, fuck it. Kill me. I told God, I was like, God, I'm sorry, like I've been disconnected from you for so long. Show me the way. Please show me the way. And I was just crying and crying. And I was like, okay, I'm going to do what I've always wanted to do, and that is hold conversations that have meaning and discover my own physical and emotional intelligence. And I'd put that on the back shelf, Matt. I'd put my little dream in a box. I bought the URL in 2011. I thought I was gonna do something about it. I wasn't ready. I wasn't ready to love myself. I wasn't ready to do the inner work. I wasn't ready to really do what it took to be quote, somebody who could hold the space. And looking back, I'm like, oh, it's perfect (laughs) because it brought me here to you now, right? It allows me to speak from a place of truth because I've received and I've had to integrate my own darkness, my own shadow. And that's why I can recognize that in other people. I can recognize that in other people because in another uh, news outlets or speakers or news media that we get, the big part of this for all of us, and, and to, to wrap my quick life story, my life in three minutes or less, is um, whatever, whatever we do in life, it has to come from a place of inspiration that we're pulled towards, not pushed And I think for a long time, I just tried to beat the crap out of myself, push myself, motivate myself. But true inspiration comes from a magnetic polar opposite. So you have to be pulled towards that, which is attracting you. And uh, I didn't understand that. And and especially in 2020, it was a melting of everything that I ever thought about relationships, women, health, wealth, all of it burnt to the ground. So in a way, I'm grateful for 2020. And in another way, I think it really caused a collective wound that we haven't even started to look at yet.
0: Wow, holy smokes, man. Well, I didn't know about the uh, origin story, so I'm glad to learn more about you and, and your process. That's so pretty amazing. And uh, you've obviously dealt with a lot of challenges. And I think, like like I said at the beginning, like, I'm a fan of your work. You know, If people aren't listening to the wellness force, you come with a sense of integrity and humility, which I think that the spiritual and wellness community need. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, we we can do it and we can um, be teachers and healers and offer up, you know, what we want to do. But we also have to be willing to be very humble in that pursuit, you know, like an authenticity to put in the work. I call it like the apprenticeship, right? Doing your podcast because you're being pulled towards it in this little rickety room. And then you do it over and over and over and over again because you're being pulled in that direction you do it for the service you do it for the integrity not doing it for what you can get you're doing it because of what you can give and how you'll grow and how you can serve and um i see that in you and your work so it's beautiful man um you know there's a lot of questions that i'd want to ask but we are discussing before the show something i found that was interesting you said that you're getting you know some insights and i've had a couple experiences here too where i was going through all the research you know putting in 60 sometimes 80 hours a week since march trying to get a handle on what the flying F was going on so that when I shared information, I was accurate, right? Or as accurate as possible. I don't want to be sharing misinformation that can harm. Um, I want to share empowering information. And unfortunately, when there's a threat, sometimes like, Hey, like, just so you know that these needles, that's a threat. You know what I mean? You don't want that. You just so you know that what they're saying about this thing that's going around, it's not as bad as they think. Um, And they're making you do all this stuff. If you take the time to peel back the curtain and study. And so I wanted to share that because if we know what the deception is, we can move toward the solution. It's not to stay in the deception. It's not to stay in the problem. It's to move toward the solution, but we need to be aware of that first. And so um, I had a a few really interesting experiences, but I know you've been kind of going through something yourself. So I'd love for you to kind of start there and what's been going on recently and, and we'll see where it takes us.
1: You know what? To those who are called right now, like truly called, this is the greatest time for transformation that we'll ever see. I think, um, we look at all the great world wars or all the things that have happened, uh, for humanity and guess where they've all come from. They've all come from pain and contrast and death and destruction and murder and all these different heinous things that happen. But if you look at human evolution over time, and I guess to juxtapose and to really, to dig in with you on a cool level, you know, technology, technium, I had Kevin Kelly on the show, the technium is consciousness experiencing itself through technical form, he calls it the technium. And if you look at Ray Kurzweil's work and Singularity, about, I think six, seven years ago, human evolution, it goes very slowly. I think if you look at our our RNA and DNA, we're like, basically still knuckle-dragging cavemen. We've just grown our prefrontal cortex and our cerebellum to be able to have rational thought and create things. But on a genetic level, we're still cavewomen and cavemen. We really are. And, And to deny that is actually part of our sickness, part of our illusion that I'll talk about in a moment. But I wanted to contrast this because if you look at the law of accelerating returns, it's called Moore's Law. It states that every two years, technology will double in speed and get a 50% cut in price. Well that actually human evolution and the technium, the law of accelerating returns, they crossed each other about six years ago. So now we're in this hockey stick of technology where AI and algorithms and neural lace and all these crazy things where technology is actually infiltrating people's psyche about six, seven years ago, it passed human evolution. So we still need a few key things. We have to focus on our healing, our expanding. We have to focus on our sleep, our water, our breathing, our our money intelligence, our self-personal growth, um, our nutrition, and most importantly, our connection to spirit. And I don't care if you wanna say that God is a woman or a man or whatever it is, unless we're focused on all those things, then guess what we're doing, man? We are ignoring of our DNA we're ignoring it so those pillars that I talked to you about like if if you don't have calibration to those pillars you are literally ignoring and dishonoring and disrespecting your own evolution and the evolution of of our species so not to guilt anyone (laughs) but that's legit I mean that's my truth and and the more and more I, I work in this field and this work the more I see this as objective truth now you could argue with me and say there's no such thing as objective truth, and that's a rabbit hole of it, of its own. But truthfully, like where we are is we are under attack. This isn't about fear mongering. This is about calling out what is. I like to be um, in awareness of what is. It doesn't mean that I always have find perfect peace in what is. But what is right now, it's the biggest transfer of wealth. It's the largest psychological operation we've ever seen greater than World War One, greater than Stalin, greater than Mussolini, greater than Hitler, greater than anything we've ever seen. We are in a artificial intelligence tether from the technium that is being abused by dark energy in the world. And that technium is lacing humanity so that it can feed off of our clicks, likes and human relationships and degrade connection of the of the American family, of just families in general. It is an attack on every single asset and every single part of our psyche and of our relationships here on planet Earth. And I do believe that humanity will prevail, but the power of choice is ours. The only reason I believe that is because that's what I believe, right? You and I might have similar views. We have some things I'm sure that, that we don't believe that are exactly perfect and to be human. But to round this out, we have to have a collective awakening here for those that are called, which is how I started the answer to your question. We have to be open. We have to be willing to see the dark parts of us that we've been hating because that's how we're treating our brothers and sisters in the world. We have to be able to see the shadow part of us that we've been mashing down and not wanting people to see, because that is the exact energy that I bring to anyone. You want to show me and my relationship, me and my work. However, I am doing my inner work and exploring my shadow and my unhealed wounds from childhood and from collective society, which by the way, can be like our grandparents, our great grandparents. That is the degree that I will be able to receive the current moment, which is death, destruction, and control or fall into victimhood and worry more about Kim Kardashian's sweater or what's going on with Instagram so I can get as many clicks and likes as I can so I can go back home, take off my mask and realize I'm depressed and I hate my life, but on social media, it sounds great. And that's the sickness we're in. We're in a collective sickness that is desiring to be healed. All chaos eventually finds order, just like sodium and potassium in the body, just like high, low pressure on earth. So I do I do believe that we are heading towards a solution, but it's so radically fucking important that we realize where we are with the chaos, with the pain, with the mind control. Because if we ignore that, it's a corruption of the mind. That's really what we're looking at here.
0: Yeah, you you brought up a lot of great points and and one of the things that I think is important is just understanding that there are predator humans, there are predator organizations, there are predator people and yes. the if you if you read the book called uh, the gift of fear um it talks about how you know you can protect yourself in certain situations so we have uh, human trafficking, we have atrocities, we have starvation and I was always curious how we have these in such large numbers. It doesn't make any sense if humans are good because I felt like I was fundamentally a good human and I felt like my friends and everyone I knew was fundamentally a good person. So I was like, there can't be like that many bad people. Like for every bad person, there must be more good. And there is the challenge is that we work for these systems um, that are inherently not life affirming. They're not doing positive works in the world. And we're being deceived through our naivety and our compassion. And so it gets hijacked. So we think we're doing a good thing, but we're actually serving a different master. And, you know, a lot of the stuff I've been looking at is getting more biblical, like you can't serve two masters. And right now we're either serving life, the universe, creator, God, and all that is good, or uh, by default, we're serving the dead corporation or these um, Luciferian, whatever you want to call them. And the best definition for that is anything that seeks to restrict or bind, you know, anything that is, is trying to bind or deceive or to manipulate. And you and me and so many other people are getting wiped out, attacked, limited. And we're speaking the truth as actual fact. We'll say, Yeah, that was my opinion. I don't know. When If I ask you a direct question, you don't know. You'll say, I don't know. Right. Sure. <laughs> right. If I ask you this, it's like, oh, well, we found through this data, it's 0.26. We found this is the fact. This is the fact of the matter. And so, Once we understand that, we can then heal from it. But I feel like it's that cognitive dissonance that's creating this issue, right? And that's how oppressors and that's how these systems work is through such great deception.
1: How does cognitive dissonance, um, where does it originate from? So the origin of dissonance is when the ego is afraid of what it's experiencing. Then it, it tries to push away whatever is going on. Would you agree that that's true or would you put different words on that? I mean, really, cognitive dissonance, it's distance
0: yeah that sounds yeah i love that
1: so in that same vein if we all can agree that there's a universal truth uh, an objective truth that to be cognitively distant or dissonance from what is how could you not see no matter your level of intelligence no matter your level of awareness that exactly where we are is in a collective cognitive dissonance right now Because what's really happening is, and the analogy I could use is if you were walking on the street and you saw, um, let's just use a woman, for example, if you saw a woman getting beat by her husband in the street, you'd have to make a decision, wouldn't you? You'd have to make a decision if you were going to go protect a human being, but you'd have to put yourself in danger. But universally, objectively, we can all look at that situation and say, the right thing to do would be to protect someone else's suffering if it was your children i'll tell you what you'd you'd definitely go out in the street wouldn't you so who's to say that one life or one soul is more important than another we're all sentient beings we all deserve love i mean it makes me feel it makes me feel emotional just talking about it because we are in this society that categorizes and compartmentalizes people. This person's more worthy than that person. The janitor is less worthy than the CEO. It's all fucking bullshit. It's all calculated conditioning to make people fall into droves where they can be controlled and used. Uh, division as a fuel to split them apart and further make them separate. Which is actually the initial lie that I'll go back to on the metaphor with the woman in the street. We all are in a collective choice point. We can either watch COVID bullshit happen. We can watch controlled health outcomes through passports with sticking needles in people's arms with with vaccines that haven't been tested. We can watch people be forced to wear masks. Oh, double masks. Did you see this? Triple masks.
0: And anal swabs. <laughs> and anal swabs. It's like, it's like,
1: are you it's like, hey y'all, can you take a breath in through your nose? And can you check in with your somatic experience in your body? And can you ask your central nervous system, is this all okay? Just forget about what you believe forget about red or blue or Republican or Democrat or pro or, or le- forget about forget about everything that you've learned up to this point point. and just in this very moment can you take a massive breath in through your nose when you do that you actually turn on your sympathetic nervous system when you breathe in through your nose you are pulling energy up to the crown when you do that you become aware in this present moment of what is occurring we need Matt A massive deep breath that's why I focus so much on breath work we need a collective deep breath to cure the collective cognitive dissonance because we are the woman in the street you and I our families our society our people our brothers and sisters everyone we are the woman in the street and COVID and mask wearing and vaccines and all this propaganda mind-control bullshit that's the boyfriend beating her so we have a collective decision to make and that is are we going to allow the beatings to continue or are we going to take a deep breath and come together and stop being controlled and divided? That's what the fuck's going on right now.
0: I think that's a brilliant analogy and I love it. And And I've been looking a lot into these like systems and how they're working lately. And one of the things that became clear is that it is a systematic problem. And so I have some connections, high-level Canadian military. Um, and so what he told me was that Basically, that in the Canadian military, they're not stoked on the government. They don't like the government. They're not going to turn on their own people. Um, same with uh, you know police force, and I knew and I know some people in Ontario health um, and other organizations. But what seems to be a common thread is that you can only get so high in in your ranking, and then you must become corruptible. So mm. so many people in high level positions are corruptible. It's not the nurses. It's not the everyday. People, it's not, you know, all these people going out, but there becomes this top down approach of you need to then do this, you need to follow this order. And so these higher levels are like, okay, we're the ones that are corruptible making these orders. And the nice thing is, there's so much more of us, you know, there's so many more of us. And we just have to say, we know the difference between right and wrong. We are not going to participate in that action because we know that there's a beating taking place. And interestingly, um they found that if they witness a whole bunch of people if there's a whole crowd of people and so- there's a problem and someone says help a lot of time no one will do it because they think someone else is going to do it and yes. there's these all these interesting fascinating psychological dynamics like uh, the prison experiment and um the one where they do the testing with the shock one i think it's Schrodinger or no that's Schrodinger's cat but you know where they do the shock therapy and they um you know basically people will shock the person uh until like death they keep it's an actor on the other side and they just Jeez. say oh Yo, you, you don't want to no, post no. it in the comments, but it's this experiment where they would sit you down and say, and you shock the person. Right. And then the person in the lab coat says, okay, keep going up, keep going up, keep going up. The person is acting on the other side, but they found that nine out of 10 or something like that would actually sh- give the person a shock that would kill them because a person in authority told them to do so. So I'm blanking on what the wow. study is called, but so they that know about all these different things. Yeah. And so this group, dynamic is kind of being played on us right now and so we yeah. kind of need to wake up as individuals and then share that you know and just say okay we're not going to participate in that we're going to do the thing that we know is right
1: think of it like this too the corruption of the mind i'll use the analogy of pornography because pornography ran my life for like 20 years um it's what disconnected me from success in business it's what removed me from healthy loving connected relationships and healthy body the corruption of the mind like for an example of what you're speaking It's like pornography isn't inherently evil, but its danger comes from its hooks of manipulation, you know, control and perversion. It really like taints the pure bright light energy of sex to convince the viewer that the watcher that like they're not enough, essentially. That's, that's the hooks of pornography, and if you look at um, Rachel Fiore's work, or if you look at the book Unwanted, which is a phenomenal resource, any man or any woman, by the way, who's watching or, or listening with us, the exact same thing that Matt is talking about with the person being shocked is the exact same thing that I'm talking about with people that are being pulled into viewing pornography. Now, look, I'm not here to demonize pornography. I think there can be erotic art that's very tastefully done, but the same can be said about the news media, because... If a news media outlet has an opinion, and if pornography has an opinion, and if you and I have an opinion, how do we make sense of it all? Like how do we not get pulled into drugs, alcohol, pornography, shopping, overworking, addictions of any kind? How do we not fall prey to the the calculated attack where uh, behavioral psychologists study people's viewing habits on a micro level and that's what these news outlets put out so that we are hooked into their system? How do we do it, Matt? Like how do we take a huge inventory of what's going on here in my life, and what I love to share with you, it is only, it is only through the breath. If I am consciously um, giving my body uh, inspiration, which in Latin it's inspiritus, right, to breathe. If I am breathing my body properly, then I am giving myself the fuel for my heart to make great decisions from a faculty of a clear mind that is non-compromisable. I can, I can do anything if I'm breathing properly. The challenge is that most of us are like this. We have our phone. We're leaning forward. We're, we're doing text neck. We're, we're on the couch. We're huddled up. We're constricting our airways. 95% of our day is a constricted airway. We're not in proper posture, and we're being controlled by this. So why did I bring up pornography? Why did I stack that on what you're saying? It's because it's all the same psychological mechanism, and that is buy my shit, watch my stuff, listen to me, because you're not enough. You can't make your own decisions. You can't think for yourself. You don't have a connection to your internal faculty. And quite frankly, you've been taught to not love yourself. That's where this all comes from. And it's not about me being reductionistic. It's about the objective truth is that I would say the majority of people on planet earth, and I know because I've done my deep work recently on this, do not love themselves, nor have they ever been taught to know what self-love even is, nor did their parents, nor did their parents. This is what Alan Watts talks about in his videos and his lectures, where he says, it's all wretch and no vomit. Everyone just, uh, I want to change my life. I want to change my family. I want to change my epigenetics. I want to change. But no one actually has the courage to throw up the bullshit. No one has the courage to stop the retching and actually vomit it out. And I think you and I, a, a shared... Brotherhood that I feel with you, we're down to throw it up. We want to help other people throw up the bullshit. We want to help other people realize that you are loved, you are supported. You just have to choose. You have to choose yourself. You have to actually love yourself enough to understand all of the things that we're even discussing on this show today. You have to love yourself first. And if you don't do that, then good luck trying to have any kind of quality in your life because to the degree that you love yourself is the degree that other people are going to treat you. And it'll happen on a very subparticle level, on a very subtle level. So, long answer to what you're saying, long long statement to what you're saying, bro, but the big piece here is like we are in a corruption of the mind, time and human, in human existence. And it's so incredibly important like it makes it reminds me to breathe. That we have to breathe because when we breathe, we can choose. Like it's written on my arm, (laughs) "Se posso respirare, posso scegliere," which in Italian means it means if I can breathe, I can choose. And it's not just some social media meme. Like it's real for me. You know, if I don't do my breath work, I start to notice my mind races. If I don't do my breath work, I start to notice that I'm stressed out and I'm disconnected. And so, um, it's really important. It's it's probably the most important thing I think during this time of the corruption of the mind.
0: Well, man, well, I agree with all that. And I love how you shared it. And, and I think that the root cause or the root intention, you know, why you're being taught not to love yourself or look outside yourself is so important because when you study hypnosis for self-hypnosis, for a positive way or installation or for manipulation, whether it's sales and you or on, on a bigger scale, which is what our governments and our media, um, all our media, all our television shows, all of that's owned by a few people with an intent, Right. And same with the social media, there's an intent behind it. And I feel like that's one of the companies,
1: six companies run the world.
0: In Canada, it's one, one company runs all of our major media, all newspapers, all things, you know, if it's not independent. So, and then now with Google and all the other stuff, we've seen the weaponization of that, right? You can't even find the information. So how are you going to stand in conviction and truth when you can't listen to two arguments and know for sure one is more solid? that's mm. how you know. So if that argument gets taken out, you can feel in your guts that something is off, but you don't, ha- you know, especially when the opposers are so violent, you know what I mean? It's just like, yo, yeah, you, you know, what do you know about this? You don't, you don't know anything. So um, yeah, man, I think you put you, you phrase that really well. And you also said, you know, it's an attack in the mind. I also think it's, you know, at the root cause, it's even an attack of the soul, you know, the, the mind gets infected yes. and then it's almost like a parasite and it, and it, um, it, it it compromises our soul and i feel like that's what's going on here you know what i mean all these choices all these different things it, that's why we feel it you know what i mean we yes. feel what's right we feel what's wrong we know it and that's you know that's how, that's how they that's their entry point is the mind the eyes eyes are windows to the soul and then the mind gets corrupted and you, you know, it's almost like a virus, right? It corrupts our software system, this beautiful uh, thing that we all have this internal guidance system, but you have all these little parasites and, you know, you know, they're all mental parasites, you know what I mean? And, and it, and it creates an emotion and it kind of freaks us up. So we need to be able to detox, disengage yes. to reconnect with um, the pure source, which can <laughs> be accessed through breath or other ways.
1: How do we give the, I guess the the big question I was feeling and thinking when you were talking, I love the analogy of the parasite because holy shit, how could we talk about that in any category? But I'm, I'm, I'm feeling into this question. Like how do we give the parasites what they need so that we can live the life that we need? How do we give the parasites, which is essentially dark energy, dark matter, The vacuum that exists in the world. We cannot have light without dark. Now, this is kind of a philosophical lens, too. So bear with me. But, like, you know, if you look at anything at all the yin yang, the dark light, the sodium, potassium, the high, low, the chaos, the order no matter what, there is always opposing forces in the world. It's like gravity and anti gravity, right? So, when I'm operating from a place Of really loving myself and I'm not just talking about like like hugging people and sitting around a fire I mean like viscerally in my being on a somatic cellular level do I actually love myself like when I look in the mirror do I love myself when I talk to Matt when I talk to my lady when I welcome people into my home like am I loving am I truly loving or can they sense within my nervous system and my psyche that I don't actually fully love myself and I'm trying to use them to fill me up. Well, that, is, that in itself, that way of being is parasitic. When people don't truly love themselves, they unknowingly, subconsciously, are driven by their shadow to be a parasite of their own. And that is exactly what the larger parasites, the six news media companies, the health companies that are making billions and billions of dollars on vaccines, guess, guess what they're doing? They are capitalizing on people who don't love and trust themselves enough because they're subconsciously driven by that same parasitic energy, to follow a bigger parasite that that masquerades as spirit, that masquerades as the trusted one, and that parasite is sucking the most blood it possibly can. But guess what? It can't be fed unless people are actually somewhat parasitic themselves. And this is the the way deep lens I wanna go here with you of philosophy, and that is, we cannot have dark without light. There is always chaos finding order, but yet, we're, how much of that do we want to have pull us into evolution? If dark and light and if yin and yang are always present, and within duality, there's a singularness. So, even in duality, there's singularness. How do we do it? Like, this is a question that I'm feeling into right now for myself. I don't know if I have the ultimate answer, but I think the only way that we can lovingly try. And we can really give humanity a shot and give our collective evolution a shot is if we a stop being fucking parasites ourselves, start loving ourselves, and then we won't be subjective to the prey and to the hooks of the pornography, the shopping, the drugs, the alcohol, the news media, the companies telling you that they take care of your health and you don't, it's a big, it's a big lens that deserves a lot of rich discussion but it's only for the people that feel called. I mean, look, I'm on your show. I know people are feeling called. (laughs) So I don't think this is going over people's heads. I really feel like this is hitting them in the heart.
0: Yeah, man, that's a really great uh, thought experiment. I I agree with that. And I feel like fundamentally, that's one of those things that we need to figure out. Um, You know, I've had a few guests on and uh, that have talked to a lot of guests have talked about self love, you know, and then One of them, I can't remember who was just like, man, I love myself from top to bottom. And he looked pretty genuine. I was like, you know what? I felt like that way in spurts. And so for me, it's still an evolution. Me too. I mean, you know, it's like I I wish that I had that where I woke up and like, man, I love myself, you know, and like in a really genuine way of appreciation. That would be fantastic. Sure. Um, But I've gotten, you know, I don't hate myself, so that's good. And so, so many (laughs) people like, (laughs) so many people. Well, if you hate yourself,
1: then you're way more susceptible to the hooks of the parasite.
0: Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Tune in. If
1: if you hate yourself, you are ripe for somebody to come in and control you.
0: Yes, a hundred percent. And you know these things and these systems have a real effect on people. And it, I, it's so weird. Like you go and I can't remember who it was. I think it was uh, Dr. Dawson church was on the show or someone like that. And he said, you know, I'd ask the audience, how many of you like love and appreciate yourself and yeah. only a few hands would go up. Right. And it's so, so what was his book? mind
1: over matter. Is that what he yeah, wrote? mind
0: over matter? And he, he wrote out a couple matter. other ones too. And so you should have them on your show. If you, if you haven't, um, have you had him on your show?
1: No, that's a cool. Oh one.
0: yeah, I, I can connect with you. If you want. He awesome, really knows this stuff. You know, he's into the. You know, he can tell you scientifically what's going on with all that, but he makes it grounded. You know mm. so that we can apply it, that we can understand it, that we can um, create the result we want. How do we get into self love? Because when you look at these things, and for me, it was uh, my martial arts side, was the combat side, was the war side, because. I've heard before there's this esoteric agenda to kind of make us think the world is all good and you know all this kind of, kind of stuff. And I was in that camp for a bit, but the martial arts side was always like, wait a second, wait a second, wait a second. Yeah. And, and making peace with the predator. You know, I've been using it as like a lion in a cave. Back in the day, we we're all living in caves and someone's like, no, lions don't exist. Somebody gets all messed up by a lion and the lions want to deceive us to say, we don't even see you, so we just pluck you and that's actually how predators work they want to deceive you they don't want to fight they don't want you to look them in the eyes they don't want strong prey they're kind of like cats where like in they want to sneak up on you and get you and make it easy they don't want this combat and so that's where we kind of got to be aware of that and as we become strong and aware and whole and we take our hearts and our minds and our ways of being and we we bring it back to ourselves And we're in this mystery, and so there is some sort of creator or spirit or life force that we are all connected to. We have a divine soul. We need to figure out what that is and connect to it because that's our guide. But it doesn't come in, like, unfortunately, this being that will share with you everything. It's this feeling and internal system we all have. And that's why we have to do it within this mystery, within this faith, because we have to make it by choice. Hmm. We choose to move into parasitical and harm and harming others through ignorance. And cognitive dissonance and and these other things, or we can choose to move into collaboration to life, um, to all these positive things, but we have to do it by choice. And there's no certainty either way. It's just that's why we can be manipulated. And so if we can really learn to be kinder to ourselves, authentically love ourselves. Um, And even wherever you are in the journey, if you hate yourself and you just hate yourself a little less, great. Just move Mm -hmm. in that Mm -hmm. direction, intend in that direction, pray and work in that direction. It's not about this state that stays there forever, but it's your intention to move. Because if you are in that lower state, um, you are going to be, much more susceptible to manipulation, to harm. But if you can grow in your inner strength, it's the most important thing you can do. And, we, and it is an individual choice, but we have to do that. Like I use the example all the time and I know I'm ranting here. I want to get you to jump in, but I use the weight example all the time. If you are way overweight, right? Nobody can do the work for you, but it's a physical thing you can see. Spiritually, we can't see it we can't see this sickness in our spirituality. Like we That's can't, right. we kind of can't, but right. not in the same way, a physical thing that mm-hmm. person has to make the choice and do the work to see the transformation. So we can do that energetically and spiritually. And it's the best thing we can Man. do for anyone else so they can feel it and, and experience it.
1: I'm inspired by what you just said. Um, <laughs> you remind me of, of, the head to heart connection that, and I go to this book a lot and I'm sure you've talked about it on the show. And if you haven't, then awesome, let's do it. And it's uh, Hawkins letting go. And in this book, he not only talks about the scale of emotion, right? That anger is more powerful than despair. And then after anger comes a surrender and then acceptance, and then on your way up to actualization. And it's, for me, it's not just an intellectual thing. I'm not talking about Hawkins work from the mind. I'm talking about Hawkins work from the somatic, the throat, the heart, the solar plexus. I'm talking from an energetic system. And that system and that we all have, we're all born with that system. It's right behind me, right? Uh, We have all these chakras. And then around those chakras in my artwork, I put earth, wind, water, fire, because earth is who we are. It's a reciprocal loop. What I'm saying is like, man, we are so driven by the mind here in this culture and this 3d that we become disconnected from the body. And then when we're disconnected from the body, everything that you just said occurs, we lose sovereignty. We start to be easily controlled. We don't know what it's like to even be in a body. I mean, think of this, you guys, when was the last time you actually felt grateful to be in a body and you loved your body and you like enjoyed moving your body for most people, especially when they're under mental attack through news media and everything else they're not breathing they're not in their body they don't feel safe in their body they don't love their body and that's okay i just want to share with you like the body needs the mind and the mind needs the body the head-to-heart connection think of it like this loving feedback loop that that really sends and receives messages of what is needed in the present moment whatever is needed in the present moment is is the lens for the soul to see from So if we're a a unique expression of consciousness in a body, in a physical form, then my soul uses that physical form to express and see itself in the world. And so if, if we are overwhelmed by either one of them, let's say we're overwhelmed by the mind, it'll cut off our connection to the body. If we're overwhelmed by the body, maybe we have type 2 diabetes or we're super overweight or we're not breathing properly, it'll disconnect us from the other half. So you see they feed into each other like anything that overwhelms the head or the heart will shut off the reciprocal connection to one another and so that's really what we're talking about here today our work isn't just to have conversations our work is to actually for me go in the garage sit in the sauna do the cold therapy uh, get on the floor do my stretching do my mobility um, use my kettlebell like that's my work and so when I'm not doing that work, oh my God, I start to have the awareness that I'm not because my body starts screaming at me. And then I'm, I'm more disconnected from my mind and, and vice versa. So a tactical thing that I just wanna share, which is amazing, it is an emotional inventory process. The emotional inventory process for you, for me, for all of us, it's real simple. You get a little journal and on your journal, you take a pen, you draw a line, down your journal on the left side of the journal you write 10 things truly 10 things that you know are causing you the most pain the most stress the most torment in your life really and then on the right side of the page you take that same lens, you take that same in, awareness, and you write 10 things that you know you really are grateful for, like really grateful. Not just like, I'm grateful for potato chips, you know? Like, I'm grateful for my wife, I'm grateful for my husband, I'm grateful for my children, I'm grateful for my community, whatever it is. I'm not saying to, to platitude this gratefulness, I'm saying like somatically feel it. And then you sit with that. That's the deep emotional inventory that most people don't do. And when you're at the end of it, you circle the one on the left that you despise the most, whatever's causing you the most pain in your life. And then you circle the thing on the right that's causing you the most gratitude. And then here's the kicker. You call a friend, you reach out to another human being, whether it's Zoom or phone, in person is best. And you're literally, you literally tell them, you know what? I am actualizing, I am becoming my best self. I want to share this inventory process that I took. Is that okay with you? Guess what that does? It closes the gap between your mind and your body because now you're honest about what you're experiencing and what you're experiencing, both in mind and body. So the only way we can do this, Matt, is if we all take a collective emotional inventory. And the one thing I'll share is like, before we ever do that, we have to learn how to get into our body first because if I'm not in my body and I don't know what it's like to actually breathe properly, this is why in the Breathe Breath and Wellness program, the, the biggest, the number one thing, feedback, is people go, wow, I can actually meditate now. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm doing my breath work. I can actually sit still in my chair because I've connected to my breath. I've, I've experienced the tension that's going on in my body. And then after you do your breath work, you do the emotional inventory. That's the starting place, my friends. Like, start right there. I promise it'll be unique to you. It's how you become less of a parasite. It's how you become more loving that's where it all begins.
0: Wow, man. Well, that was epic. I love all that. And I like the, uh, the practical application because of the tools, you know, I think they're so important to actually go and do something. And, uh, the, the Alan Watts cough analogy was really good too, you know? Yeah.
1: So it's all yeah. wretch and no vomit.
0: Yeah. 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 We actually need to do something. And it is so yeah. fundamental that if we're well, and we're taken care of, we're going to be provided, uh, providing mm. for other people. If we're not, we're going to need to take from other people. And that goes for emotional states, uh, our energies and and how we operate in the world. And so if we want to be givers, if we want to be life affirming and supportive, like we're going to be a tree unto other people. We can't be this like tree that's got no water, no food, no apples on it. You know what I mean? Or whatever. And so we need to go take from other people just to survive. Right. And because we're being harmed. And so it's a fundamental thing and it is philosophical but it's also very basic too it's almost like very common sense you know what i mean and
1: i'm so, so I, sorry bro can you no, pause I, me real quick i have to get somebody at the door i would never okay, do no, this right. no it's all okay. right yeah
0: go okay. go ahead get the door <laughs> resume okay yeah no saw all good man you know actually that hasn't happened in in a while where somebody had to get up and leave so way to go man no i just i'm just joking <laughs> life, life happens you know I right on know. I'm not professional. It's like, you know, I just, I'm just doing something. I'm having a conversation. With good it reminds me of
1: like during Joe Rogan, like, I remember he was interviewing that guy with the beard, you know, the kind of like, um, what's his name? Be
0: More specific than that. <laughs> Dan Bilzerian,
1: Dan Bilzerian. Oh yeah. And Dan's like, can I go pee? And he like go, went to pee in the middle of Joe Rogan's podcast. So, um, uh, but I wouldn't do that unless it was super important, man. So. So thank you for that all pause good, right there. All good. And also, help. how is this a beautiful moment too? It's like life isn't perfect. And in, during all of these experiences we have, the choice is just to have fun with it. Uh, personal development and transformation, it doesn't have to be always so fucking hard. Like, yes, mm-hmm. there's going to be moments where it's hard, but sometimes when shit happens, you just got to laugh it off. <laughs> there, there's, there's no way else around it, you know?
0: Well, I think that's a really great topic because it's about the process and how we frame the process or work. And so being a martial yes. artist, all of that training is ruthless. It's hard. It sucks. You know, when I was in China training with the monks, we were punching and kicking trees. You know why, when we were doing uh, meditation, some of them, sometimes you call them like a hard sit where you sit and you don't move. You, you see how yeah. long you can stay there and do a thing. And you're like, why are you doing this? You're just pushing yourself. Uh, but really at the end of it, you can go through and say, "All oh, this sucks or be a bit more playful. And that's something that I'm trying to learn a little bit more, uh, not make everything so darn serious. You know what I mean? Do yeah. it with a, do it with a playful attitude and, and the most empowering frame that I can, you know, even though it's, it's challenging and it can be difficult at times, it's not always serious. You know what I mean? Life is many things. And how do we get into that state of joy and connection and presence right and i feel like that's where the balance part is and that's why i really like uh, the yin yang symbol because it's kind of both worlds where we need the soft we need hard we need we need this duality you know we need time for rest and we need time to push you know what i mean and all of that will help us develop the acuity to know the most effective or or um not even effective, but most ideal frame that we want to go into. You know what I mean? I'm not going to have the same frame of mind when I'm uh, taking my daughter to the park that I am. if I'm going to do some hard martial arts training, right? I can develop that kind of acuity, you know, that softness, that adaptability. And so when we develop these skills, we can apply them to different situations as necessary.
1: Yeah. And also skill building is a skill itself, right? So you could say, I want to be a better fill in the blank but until you actually enjoy and love the process of learning the process of skill building, Mm. I'd rather be good at building skill than building any skill (laughs) really like I would, (laughs) I would much rather like enjoy the process of skill building and learning and taking in information than being the best podcaster in the world or having the most social media followers in the world. Like, yeah, you can do that if you want, but on a grand scale, and I'm curious how you feel about this too, man. On a grand scale, don't you think that we're all God experiencing God's self? I mean, we are just made in the image of a creator of some kind. And it's not a bearded dude in the sky, although you kind of have a God energy right now with your background and your beard. But I don't think it's a bearded dude in the sky. I think what God really is, is God is love. That's all God really is, God's love. And God isn't a being. God is an ever-present, omnipresent energy that creates all things, that speaks through people like you and I, and God even speaks through the parasites. It's all God-godding, essentially. I got my hair ripped back when I did a three-part, almost five-hour podcast with Paul Check, and I was at his home, and there was a moment where I had to be like, we need to stop the recording. I literally had to call timeout on the recording because I was, I was in real time getting my consciousness expanded so fast about what god really is and about what we're all doing here that it was almost like that moment in the matrix where neo throws up like where he was like he was like what did, what did what did morpheus say to him you remember what he said to him when he was throwing up no he was, he was on the floor and he goes just breathe breathe Neo, <laughs> breathe <laughs> that's what we all need to do i think we're all afraid to really breathe in how powerful how loved and how mysterious that we really are in life right? We're loved, we're powerful, we're God-godding, but also there's this element of just total mystery, total, just the greatest expanse you could ever imagine that is the universe. It's It's an expanse that even if you tried to comprehend it, Matt, you couldn't even comprehend it. I'll never forget this. I was in the hallway. I was 13 years old. My grandpa, um, he asked me, he's like, are you going to church? And I was like, no, Grandpa, I'm not going to church because, like, these people, I don't trust them. And he's like, you know, do you believe in God? And I'm like, I don't know. And he said, well, the reason that God doesn't operate in time is because God has put man on the earth and man always uses beginning, middle, and end. We always need a reference point. Our ego always needs a reference point of beginning, middle, and end, right? I'm 40. I'm, quote, almost halfway through my life, but not really. Because life and existence is eternal. God's love is eternal. God's presence is eternal. And to the degree we can connect with that, we can spend whatever hundred years we have on this planet in true harmony. Doesn't mean we're always going to have an easy life and challenges aren't going to happen. And, but the degree of, of addiction that I had in the past to my emotions and to making my life hard was actually me trying to push God out of my life trying to not have faith, trying to not trust in something has a way bigger plan and a way bigger picture and then just this soul right here. And it's egoic. When I chose to, when we all choose to not take the inventory, not do our breath work, not connect the head to heart, be a parasite in ourselves and be angry at the parasites around us, all the while not taking time to actually connect with ourselves and connect with God, there's no way to live a life of harmony. There's no way to have an amazing life it's just not present because we're actually disconnecting ourselves from what gave us life when we do that Graham Hancock talks about this in a wonderful video from after school on YouTube he said that the shamans when he went to the um, jungle the one thing he asked he said why is you know humanity so disconnected why are we in such chaos and all the shamans reflected because you've severed your connection to God the reason you're all in chaos here." Is because you're letting Lucifer win. You're letting these parasites feed. You're disconnecting yourself from the love and light of God. But what'll really twist your noodle is the dark parts, God too. <laughs> That's the crazy part. That's the mystery.
0: Wow, man. I love all that. Yeah, it is uh, very fascinating. And I, I feel like it is very common sense how disconnected we are from spirit, you know, and life yes. and, and, every, and every facet. You know, what we, what we live and what we do is, is incredibly artificial. Right. You know, we're not on the ground half the time, you know, I mean, we're on cement, we're disconnected in every single way that we possibly could be. And the journey and the challenge is going to be to reconnect with ourselves, to reconnect with um, yeah. life, you know, like what is actually real because we're, we're eating artificial food. Uh, we're getting manipulated through our television people are telling us lies that we're perceiving as truth Um, you know and it's almost in genesis ends of times where they're talking about you know uh, cursed be the ones who say say the truth is evil right we're in this also Mm. upside down world it's you know people who are telling the truth are being banned and shadow banned and blacklisted and attacked you know and we're feeling something disconnected and the nice thing is it's an opportunity to make a choice we can make a choice to move toward and support what is real, true, um, and in our hearts, what we what we know to be right. And so when we're looking at the world and we're seeing what's going on, we might be confused. And again, if we go down to that very basic thing of like Luciferianism is anything that seeks to restrict or bind. So you can have your opinion. It might be the total opposite, but I'm not going to try to restrict or bind you. And I'm yeah. not going to put any of my energy into manipulating you i can share my point of view for, and that might resonate with some people and not for others and everything i'm going to say is not going to resonate with everyone 100 percent because mm-hmm. i have no idea what is actually going on i know a little bit of a little bit and my work and my process has to be mine but i can honestly intend to be of service and this work i think fundamentally when people are coming to it they're new and kind of quote unquote waking up Right, it's like, oh man, something's wrong here. You know what's been going on? Yeah. Um, they always want to acquire something. It's always about getting. What am I going to get from meditation? What am I going to get from breath work? What am I going to get from shadow work? What am I going to get from personal development? And it's more about what are you going to let go of? You know, what That's are right. you going to let go of? You have to let go of every single thing. You know, uh, make peace with your death, uh, letting go of materialism and what you're going to acquire. What am I going to get if I live and pursue my life purpose? I don't know. But I'm not sure. Um, But probably you're going to get fulfillment and truth and honesty and self-respect and self-love because you're on now on this journey. Now, is it certain? A 100% it is not certain. Uh, But also the other way is not certain. And you might notice in that other way, in this artificial way, that you're not connected to anything real, you're not doing anything that is supporting other people. And you're saying in your mind, Oh, I have to do this because, well, could you let go of your big house? Could you live in a smaller house? Because what I've noticed with everybody that I've worked with, and, and everybody I've seen do it, no matter what they were financially up or down, wherever it was, the universe always provides a way for you to be taken care of, right? That level of abundance is different for different people and what they get, but it's not about what you can get, you need to be content. And and have massive integrity, with being okay with whatever the universe is going to provide. From you making honest uh, choices to be life affirming, to not be that parasite on other people, to move towards um, your own evolution. And that energy and that contribution helps everybody else. It is always um, harmonious with the environment. And so I think that's a huge distinction of doing this work. It's letting go of all of these old ideas, these ways of being. Um, these things that we need to acquire. And it's like, how am I going to give, how am I going to connect with what's real, with what's true, with what's honest. And, um, and then Mm -hmm. I got to let the cards fall where they may. And that's actual faith, you know? Yeah.
1: Yeah. When you say this work, I'll put it in air quotes because people get misconstrued and confused about what this work actually is. And I feel like I can sense that really what this work is, is unlearning And reteaching ourselves all the lessons, all the energy cords, all the wretch with no vomit, all the shit that we inherited from mom and dad, grandpa and grandma, great grandpa, great grandma, everything else. It's about letting that go. And that is actually the biggest threat to the ego. The ego is not not my enemy. The ego is my amigo, by the way. I don't think the ego is the enemy. But I think that the ego is really just... um, a space where I'm really wanting to feel safety, security, and if anything threatens that in any way, which by the way, to live is not to be safe or secure, unless you choose. That's what really creates and perpetuates this familial and this passed down generational inherited trauma. That's really what our entire conversation today, Matt, has really been, look at the products, look at the fruit that's been yielded from thousands and thousands of years Of generational trauma that's essentially what we're looking at here and so you and I are in this look how fucking grateful are we that we get to record a podcast and have thousands of people share it with us that we can actually do work the real work of understanding who we are understanding how we're showing up in the world and truly understanding and forgiving this is the big one doing the work to forgive our parents and forgive our grandparents and forgive all of that lineage and that generational pain. Cause if we do not guess what I bring to my son, guess what you bring to your children, guess what anyone brings as human beings propagate and, and populate the earth, more generational pain, more generational trauma. That's all we're going to be giving. And so it stops with me. It stops with you. It stops with all of us here on this podcast. And the only way we can fuel it by the way is, being connected to head to heart. And then we've talked about ways you can do that through breath and journaling. So it's an amalgam, <laughs> you know, there's, there's a lot that goes into this, right? Like it's easy for somebody to listen to a show and be like, yeah, that pumped me up. But now what are you gonna do about it? What are you gonna do about it? And I don't, I don't say that in a bullying way. I say that in a loving way. Like, what are you going to do about it? What are you going to choose to do about it? Because the bridge between knowing and doing is you. The bridge between knowing and doing is your heart. It's your head to heart connection. Most people do here, but they don't do here. You got to do here in order to do here, really.
0: A hundred percent. I was just thinking in my mind, he's tapping his head and his heart for uh, uh, for the audio listeners. Because someone oh, yeah, with, with, with Robert Grant, yeah, he like so many videos. Like, I can't see what he was doing. Uh, well, I, I agree with what you're saying, man. And And I'll just add that there's no perfect formula and you just do something and it doesn't have to be massive and consistency is helpful and just start that intention, yeah. you know, whether you want to just start, start where going you are. For a walk, start where you are, try start some meditation, try some sound, just get into it because Forever, I was looking for the right technique and way. And I've, you know, you've done hundreds of podcasts. I've done hundreds of podcasts, read hundreds of books, experimented with hundreds of techniques. Um, Just try something and then you keep trying and learning, you know, uh, conscious language courses. Um, I've done many of those, different courses, things like that. And ultimately, I'm left with myself. Even that's what the big lesson I learned when I was um, in Nepal with the Buddhist monks. And they were amazing. And it was interesting because they answered all the questions like human beings. That's what surprised me. I was expecting some sort of mystical answer and they just were really, really good listeners. And they gave a very, very compassionate answer to whatever I told them it was so real, you know, and I was like, Oh man, I just wanted to kind of float on a cloud and get an enlightenment. And they're like, you know, this is, this is a process. This is a, an evolution of you and your soul and your way of being. And um, they would just answer it in a very real way. And so that's where this, kind of connection happens it's like it's a whole paradigm shift on how you navigate the world because it goes from oh this is actually a a distinction i'm kind of um getting a little bit of a deeper understanding of so you could you could be of this world and you can choose to navigate it and create your life by design now what you get back from that design we don't know it could be uh success or whatever now the other option is to um design or not design your life get it created for you and get these different jobs and these things and these material objects and put no actual conscious intent into what you're creating so you're you're creating a soul less life there is mm-hmm. no spirit to your creation that's some deep shit to me, man. I'm just, I don't know if it's conveyed that way, but in my, my mind, I just, in my heart, was like, Oh, wow. That's <laughs> You're getting
1: one. a galactic download. No. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, but it's
0: like you create, <laughs> I feel like there's no essence of you in your presence in this world because yeah. you've chosen to just go get the secure path to go make some money, to go buy some shit, to go get a car, to literally contribute nothing to the world. That is, that is brutal. Or yeah. you can go and say, who am I? What have I come here to do? How can I create, you know, and, and what that reward or what you get from, we don't know. And that's that's the faith side, and that's the letting go side. It, it's not about that. You will be taken care of. Um, but and nobody can do that. There's no faking it, it has yeah. to be a hundred percent true and honest, right? And that's totally up to you. So that's a big, huge letting go process. But then you put the soul back into your life because you are choosing, and there is no perfect way, there is no right way. It is the honest intention to try and to continue to try. And that's how you see the universe and God and spirit and creator is real because things will happen that you will get those uh, crumbs and say, oh, wow, what a beautiful thing. A, an entirely different way to navigate life. And this Luciferian system, this system of deception is come play over here. It's secure You have no idea you're participating in harming others and destroying the planet through these unconscious choices because you believe you must do it. This is the way that it's told. There is no other option. And I'm going to kind of cap off this rant with um, this memory that I'm having is when I was a teenager uh, with all my friends and they were going to go to university, right? and i was at a weird year where you had to do an additional year of high school if you wanted to go to university you had to get university credits but you could go to college without this additional year and so we were having this discussion and everybody was going to do the additional year of high school to then go to uni- university which was four years so that's a five year swing so i could go i could go right into college and get it done in two years right because i didn't want to be Really dumb. If I didn't go to university, I was, I was stupid because college is less respected, right? You know, you're not as smart as a university student. So I'm already like sacrificing there, but I can't not go to college because then you're really, you know, not quote unquote, smarter, intelligent in in the world. Right. And so we're having these discussions um, and nobody was considering travel. Nobody was asking, like, they wanted, nobody wanted to explore. Nobody was thinking about what they really wanted to do, how they wanted to learn, how they wanted to engage with the world. Um, 100% just, we're going to go to university. And, um, I was like, well, what do you want to do? Like, I don't know, but this, this, uh, degree will get me this best job. And that's, that was the thought process. And that was what trained in us. Um, but you know, it just kind of goes back to this default. There's, there was no other way. People didn't feel there was another option. And I thought there must be another way. There has to be one other way. And that's cutting loose from this system. Right. And it's like, it's a scary thing to do, but you have to cut loose and design it and make it on your own and participate, you know, here and there if you have to, but the goal is to, is to get out of it completely.
1: Yeah. And isn't the goal actually to live our life well. So if we're going to live our life well, then we have to choose our life. And I want—I know we've gone like really high level and like a bit esoteric on the show, which like shocker, I kind of knew we would do that anyways, <laughs> which is which is fun. But I want to really give people something they can sink their hands and their heart into. Like if you're listening or, or watching this and you're feeling like, oh my God, so many things they're saying is lighting up my chakras like a Christmas tree. Where do you start? Yes, you start with that emotional inventory I talked about, and a lot of the concepts that you've talked about too, Matt. But I believe the the easiest place to begin is by being in harmony and being in real communion with the way that you breathe. I don't know if you noticed this, that but when you speak, I'm consciously breathing through my nose. Like my mouth is closed. I'm lightly pushing the tongue to the roof of my mouth because I really want to listen to you. I really want to be present with you. And I found that we are all under attack. Our energy, our bandwidth, our attention is essentially currency. It's turned into currency. I don't know if you guys know this, but like this right here, you are being harvested. You are being harvested. Your, your energy, your time, your eyes, it's all currency. So with that said, how do we put currency back in our own bank? We breathe. This is what the journey I've been on for three years. This is why I created the breathe breath and wellness program so that people would actually be the creator of their own lives by taking emotional inventory because they're connected head to heart within themselves. And so I would absolutely love to give this entire community a starting point. And the starting point is go to breathwork.io and then use the code podcast 50. It's 50% off for the entire community here. Um, It's something like I really want you to do. I already made it cheaper than you going to dinner but now you can have it like really at the best price. You have no excuses, like you can start there. You can learn how to breathe, it's three weeks long. It's everything A to Z for you to learn how to be in communion with your own breath so you don't have to be a slave to your biology. You don't have to be like hooked into these parasitic energies. You can get rid of this shit. It's, a, it's the way out, but it's not out, it's actually through. It's through your own bullshit, through your own parasitic stuff. And through your own lineage, there's no way around it. We must go through it. So at least you can have uh, an ally. And the greatest ally in my life has been my breath, the way that I breathe, the way that I consciously teach myself to breathe. So uh, breathwork.io and then podcast 50 is the code um, for this entire amazing community, man. So I I really think that's the starting point for all of us is like start there. (laughs) Start with the way you breathe. It'll help everything else.
0: Well, oh, man. Well, I appreciate that. And one thing I'll say about that, too, is, you know, breath is so important in, in many different ways, but it's like one of the very few things that parasympathetic and uh, sympathetic nervous system um, you yes. keep using somatic, right? You have to feel it, you have to do it and you can actually take control of the body. Through breath it's supposed to be done you know it's done for you right the body's just doing it for you but then you can actually take control of it it's much harder to take control of the heart you can't go okay heart slow down right you can change your breathing then the heart will slow down but you can't do it like breath where i can literally just stop it if i choose and then i can breathe in deep if i choose for whatever my capabilities are but that affects the nervous system and it gives that little bit of space of choice and we are so reactive and you you've touched on this before where it's like oh the breath gives me choice well you know one of the fundamental things that meditation teaches you is that you know if you take a breath and and then make a decision you have a bit of a gap where 99 of people they just react and they feel like they are subject to that emotional reaction right a thing happens in their environment and then a reaction happens they're like well of course i would do that because this is what's going on and so breath is one of these amazing things because unlike meditation um which i also think is a great practice you can uh i think it's just a bit easier and a bit more visceral you know what i mean like it's a bit more of a visceral experience and so uh it's one of the best tools to kind of hack in there and then the last thing i'll say is that you know for me uh one of the things that i created a while back was the soul compass course and that was like a something that like, t- I tried to take everything that I knew into a, a, a design, you know, just something simple and practical that you could do. And I feel like this is one of the expressions of your work where you could go so much deeper into so many different avenues, but you're like, Hey, this is where you start. This is what you actually do. This is the simplest form of the medicine. And yeah. so go through it. And, and for me, I've done so many different courses and so many different things. So I'm excited to go through this. Um, but I invite people to start doing them. Right. And yeah. we, we invest in the, in the beers and, and all these different things. And we're so resistant yeah. to giving people like a, you know, a course or whatever. It's like, Oh, I can't do 50 bucks. I can't do a hundred bucks, but you spend 150 bucks on shoes, but not on your spiritual, emotional, exactly. uh, physical development. That's the only thing I've ever invested in. And I have no idea how much it is, but it's a ton, <laughs> you know, hundreds yeah. of thousands at least. And it's yeah. always worth it because it, it helps me on my emotional. Uh, it helps me in my human experience to, to be, to evolve. You know what I mean? And so, Mm -hmm. yeah, some, some of them aren't as good as others, um, but there's, there's no poor investment in yourself.
1: Amen. Mic drop. I mean, that's basically the crux of everything here is how do we be ourselves? How do we be authentic? How does Matt be Matt has Josh be John, how do we be ourselves? We be ourselves by being in communion with us and not blocking it and keeping our conduit clean, our mind, our spirit, our body. The way that we breathe the way that we eat i mean yes it's an amalgam of many things for sure but it has to come from a choice point and i do believe matt that these things are gifts all this COVID, all this bullshit, all this mind control dude what's going to happen is that the powers at the very top you know um it's been called the spider if you look at um was, who who's on who's who am i talking about the spider who who made up that he was on brian rose a whole bunch why am i blanking on oh, his david name? ike David Icke. <laughs> uh,
0: well, you know, one of my one of my uh, Native American teachers, David, talks about this prophecy of the spider in the web.
1: Okay, so, so yeah. <laughs> whatever it is, like the the spider at the top, it's really there to wake us up. COVID, vaccines, forced mask wearing, all this bullshit, fear, it's all here as a deep, dark contrast for us to resonate from, for us to grow from. I'm not spiritually bypassing it. I'm not placating it. I'm not saying it doesn't exist. It's there. But how are we going to frame it so that we're loving ourselves more, showing up in the world and loving other people? You, you guys need to cry. You guys need to feel your emotions. You guys need to actually be with your shit because there's gifts there. And I think that's the conversation that we need to continue, man.
0: dude. Well, I love it, man. I'm a a big fan of your work and uh, just appreciate you coming on and everything that you do and just engaging in this process fully. So, uh, you know, this has been a treat. I love chatting with friends. This was amazing. Is there anything that you wish that uh, I had asked or anything you want to talk about before we close it up?
1: I just want to close with this. Like we... We covered so much ground. I think the show notes for this one could be like to the floor. Well, I have them,
0: so they're pretty long. (laughs) (laughs) We,
1: We mentioned resources and books and all this stuff. Out of all of these things, what makes people hear, think, feel, and do? In the middle of all of that, it is you being lovingly connected to yourself and lovingly connected to curiosity of what could happen. That is it. Period. End of story. The bridge between knowing and doing is you it's your heart. It's your curiosity. It's the way that you love yourself. It's the way that you practice loving yourself. Maybe for you said it's like less hating yourself, whatever it is. Like, it's all good. Start where you are. You're loved. You're perfect. It's Okay. It's, I think what we need in the world is a big, deep breath, a big hug and someone to say universally for every human to hear it's okay. It's okay. Just start today. Start with where you are. Tune into your breathing and everything will work out.
0: Beautiful. I love it, brother. Well, I appreciate you and your work. I invite people to check out the Wellness Force podcast. It is epic. Check out the course. um, Just start doing something because as you gain that knowledge and mastery through experience, um, you're going to share what you liked and what you enjoyed with other people. And that's how we really get this thing going. You know what I mean? That you're not going to what do they say? The revolution will not be televised. It's going to be internal, <laughs> but we're going to change our frequency. We're going to change yes. our states of being and people will feel that and they'll have the opportunity to come and everybody is invited, but we have to, we have to do the work ourselves. You know what I mean? Or whatever you want to call it, our own evolution, but um, we have to in, in, consciously engage and choose that. And uh, it's a, it's a beautiful space to be in because um, you're going to find amazing people, but ultimately you're going to grow in your own connection and divinity and whatever you want to call it. So Appreciate you, brother. Thanks so much. Um, Thanks for having me. Yeah, you're going to have to come back again.
1: Okay, awesome.
0: Cool. See you guys. Peace.